Hey guys, what's up? Matt and James here. Welcome to the episode of Coffee is for Closers. How we going, guys? Hope we're all having a good day. Exactly, exactly. So today what we're going to talk about is role plays, different things that you can do as a sales rep to help your structure um, just get better, really, so you can make more sales. So if you like this one, make sure you like, subscribe, the notification bell, all that kind of good stuff on YouTube or wherever it is you're listening to this. But uh, cue the intro. If you listen to this podcast, you will make your first million within three years. I'm going to repeat that. You will make a million dollars within three years of the first episode you listen to. We don't want pikers. We're not here to save the manatees. We're here to make podcasts. You really want this. You listen and review. Put that coffee down. Yeah, and for reference, we are talking about role plays in a sense for you to get better at sales, not role play like the type you like to do in the bedroom. (laughs) So comment below if you'd like to see that as another episode. Maybe we can work something out. Yeah, I have to get the 8K camera out for that one. Yeah. So we can zoom in on you. Nice. Anyway, if it's your first time here, coffee's for closers. It's your first time here. I hope um, you enjoyed it, and yeah. we'll see you. I never wish you again. the best with all your future successes. <laughs> no, so what we do is we talk all things sales. We run a business called Sales Sniper, where we do done for you sales for people like Ryan Sarhan and Jerry Miner, Bradley, a few other choice people that you've heard of, and some yeah. you probably never haven't. Some you probably never will. Okay, so how do we develop salespeople? Like, what are things that you can do to get better? Role playing being one of them. However, it doesn't want to be the only thing you do. No. And you want to do it in a very particular way. And there's some ways that you can make things better. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think, like, the first thing to do is actually recognize what your love is hanging fruit is, whether that's structure, objection handling, tonality, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Then as you go in and you organize someone to role play with or maybe you join the closing code and do some of the role plays there. What are you The closing code? What's that? Oh yeah, that's right. We've got, maybe you want to talk about the closing code for 40 minutes. It's a little program that we have where you actually get six role plays a week. Right? It's $50 a week, $25 for the first week. We actually, we actually role play with a coach plus you get access to essentially what is a version of our staff portal. Mm. Yeah, that's what the closing code is. The link will be in the description, uh, wherever it is you're listening to this or watching this. If you want to sign up that first week, 25 bucks, cancel any time. And there uh, you go. That's That's one way that you can role play. All right, guys, it's been fun. Thanks very much for uh, tuning Mm. in. No, so, uh, yeah, so role plays, right? Yeah. So the reason why we developed the closing code actually is because we're such a big believer in role plays that we wanted to develop a role play group for our sales reps and have one of our senior uh, members run it. Run it. So we were like, well, we're going to be doing this anyway. The more people that are in it, the better. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have to pay people for it. And you know, and we we're like, well, we have a staff portal as well, and we can build that out. So let's monetize yeah. these things that we use to make our staff as good as what they are. And then that, that can be like a good little cycle to get people, one, into come work for us. Because if someone does really well in the role plays, we're probably going to offer them flag some them. sort of yeah. Yeah, flag them to be offered a position. The second thing is that like we just like developing sales reps because it, and it's it's super cheap for a reason. Like we don't really make money on it, but we probably don't lose money on it. But again, it's a great it's there to pay for itself. It's a great position for us to be known as the guy who has the greatest sales training course for the cheapest money. Yeah. Like if you're looking for bang for buck, it's about as good as it gets. And then going up from there, like a good stepping stone into things like any PQ mm. for the guys who like they're just starting out. They don't have the money to put 
four or five, six, 20, 15 grand on sales training. So they yep. can come into the closing code. They can do that for three or four months. Then if they like it and they, they want to go more in depth, they can go into something like an NDPQ or a 3.0. Or well, or 3.0, you get access to closing code as well. So sign up for that. Yeah. You Maybe you want to do a little pitch on that too? Yeah, you know, NDPQ 3.0, we do tonality training, we do objection handling training, we do role plays, you get access oh, to the NDPQ portal. Yep. And cool. then I do a session every single week as well of Q&A. Yeah, so, and so there you, you go, do, which is something I don't do in the closing code. You do quite a bit of role playing there as well, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, so, like, I sort of run NEPQ 3.0 and Jeremy runs in a circle. Yeah, right. Okay. So it's a good sort of stepping off point. But I think role play is, is a great thing. One of the things that I get the guys to do in the NEPQ 3.0 role plays, um, because, again, it's a little bit more advanced than the people who are in the closing code. And the, there are really good sales guys in the closing code, too, but I look at it as like a stepping stone program. But some yeah. people would just like the role plays because they're experienced and they don't want to do anything else. Yeah. But I get people to sell things they don't sell. Mm. So let's say the person is a coaching consultant salesperson. I'll get them to sell water filtration systems. Mm-hmm. So and it's be- the reason why we do it is one because I do that and I can I can sort of chop and change between anything pretty seamlessly now. But the only reason why I can do that is because I've taught so many different types of selling that, that now I can do it. But also I use the exact same process, so I understand the process so well that it really allows me to just be able to kind of step into anything and anywhere. Now, it all, what it forces me to do as a salesperson when I'm selling things that I'm not familiar with is it forces me to rely on process rather than just knowledge of the industry or mm-hmm. default back to things that I would just ask because I have a knowledge of like sales or because I have a knowledge of marketing and I'm selling marketing and all that kind of stuff. So it really takes away the technician side of things because you know nothing. Like, so, you know, sold water filtration systems to a guy, like, trying to teach him how to sell it better. Mm. And he was like, that was amazing. I was like, I know nothing about water filtration systems, but the only reason why I'm able to do it well is because you know, I, I just rely on the process. So yeah. it really makes people think outside the box and kind of go deep into the things that really matter in selling instead of just getting caught on the hamster wheel of, like, just entrenching themselves into being able to sell one thing well. Yeah, and if you can sell... Any like water filtration, mortgages, life insurance, whatever yeah. that is, coaching and consulting. If you can do that off the cusp, like what you are selling, you'll crush it because you yeah. understand. You have to understand the structure to such a high level yeah. to be able to replicate that in any instance, right? Yeah. So that's like on Fridays, I do a role play with all the Inner Circle and 3.0 guys. Yeah. And that is like, it really lets them see what they're not good at yeah yeah i am um, so like i've been doing um some of those role plays for probably like a year now for, for the guys in the closing code I, I just finished up and had one of our other guys jump on that um and what, what i would get like i'd always ask the questions to the guys it's like okay well what exactly are you looking feedback on for right that way i can listen out specifically like if they want help with tonality then i'll listen out solely for tonality as opposed to structure they just want general i just listen general and give them advice but i always sit there take notes it's really good when you've got someone that knows what they're looking for to actually like solely pinpoint what you're doing well and what you're doing wrong so that you become aware of problems that you didn't know existed so you can go ahead and work on them and then when you've like found like that lowest hanging fruit then you just do role plays solely to get better at that one particular thing you know, spend 70% of your time working on the lowest hanging fruit, then spend another 30% of your time just working on general so you feel like you're doing more than what you actually are. And then once you've nailed that part, pick something else, spend 70% of the time on that. Get better, get better, get better. 
Yeah. It's so easy. Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing that I see for most people is that the first five minutes of the call sucks. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. That's probably, I would That's say. That's I give most feedback. Most of the time when we go through a role play, the guys don't get past the first three or five minutes mm. because there's just a lot of feedback that needs to be given in that time because they're just... For most people, I think I've said this a lot of times, but most people are not listening to the prospect. They're thinking about the next thing that they want to say. Yeah. They're and so ingrained a, in that process. Yeah, and when you don't know your process well enough and, and you're constantly thinking about the mm-hmm. next thing, then you, you, you miss out on most of the key information that you're going to get from a prospect. And it's like when, you, when you're talking to someone who clearly isn't listening to you and they're just waiting for their next opportunity to talk. That's what it's like. That's what most salespeople that I listen to, that, that that's what their biggest problem is. So mm-hmm. their inner monologue is too loud. And so that's really exacerbated when you're selling something that you've never sold before. So you're not comfortable doing it. So you can't fall back into your word tracks that you've done tens and mm-hmm. you know, hundreds of times that kind of get you out of sticky situations. So because you have none of those developed for that product. So like it makes it very, very obvious that the person doesn't really understand the information that they're trying to get out of the particular phase, especially in the beginning. So the the conversation goes off the rails very quickly. And then once it's off the rails, it's really hard to get back. Mm. Yeah, you're going to lose in the first five minutes. Yeah. Most majority of the time. Yeah. I think the first few minutes of a call, like if you're you're listening to this and you're doing sales calls – really dial in that first few minutes for any PQ it's like the connection phase and the situation phase which is like what are they here to talk about and what problem are they here to solve and then what are they currently doing about that problem to get that solution that is such an integral part of the sale because it sets up the rest of the conversation so well that if you don't get it right it's like you know if I'm shooting at a thousand meters right and I my my if I'm shooting at a hundred meters and my barrel is off by a millimeter I'll miss that target by a centimeter, mm. right? So it's like goes from here to here, which, which isn't a big deal. Yeah. But if it's a, if that same barrel position at a thousand meters is a one is a one meter miss, which is obviously a pretty big miss, right? Oh, yeah. So we need to keep that into account. Where we at the beginning of the call, we have to be very precise, very very like very very targeted in how we do things, and then as the call progresses, like we can sort of allow it to take some few more you know peaks and troughs yeah like it's it's okay to go off yeah off track as long as it's productive well it's okay to go off script and off structure provided you get into the right place there's just many different ways you can go about it but it's rarely productive to do it off off like at the beginning oh yeah yeah Yeah. and so like that's what a lot of the stuff we do in role plays so like role playing specific sections of the script is really important Mm -hmm. Uh, role playing like a lot of people will role play like and the prospect will be quite easy and it's like they'll give you a lot of things so you want to have difficult prospects when you role play there's no point doing anything that isn't harder than a normal sales call oh yeah yeah so you you want to like all of your like when you're very first starting have your prospects just be totally normal so you can just get used to doing something in the same way that you would go to a gym you wouldn't load up max weights when you first start and Mm -hmm. you kind of you know, you got to challenge yourself, but you got to get in there and yeah. smart. I always like um, ask people's experience, like you know, how much actual experience do you have, yeah. and then you relay that to whoever's playing the prospect. Like, okay, he's pretty new. Go easy on him. Yeah. Right. If it's someone more advanced, it's like big or whatever that is, right? Yeah. But it's, it's funny. Like, um, I see a lot of guys as well 
they probably sell better in person and they come onto the role plays because they get so nervous they're in a group full of 30 people being yeah. judged and critiqued and given feedback that they suck way worse and I always say to them it's like hey man bro if you can't bring it here how are you going to bring it on a sales call do you have any like tips to get comfortable enough doing that in front of people so you can actually get good well, what I always say is like you're here to learn yeah. so like if you're going to f- this is the best place to do it. I'd rather f- up on a role play than when there's a thousand dollars on the line. Yeah, ex- exactly. So, you know, just like no one's going to judge you hmm. for being like, especially if you're like, okay, I'm new to this judge way Judy, of selling. Judge Judy. She always does. <laughs> Only Judy can judge me. Exactly. So, like, why do people f- listen to this? <laughs> it's unbelievable. People are bored. Yeah, yeah. 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 that must be it. The moment COVID's gone, this thing's gonna tank. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so I hope it does. We <laughs> <laughs> can stop doing. <laughs> uh, anyway, back on track. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where were we? I don't know. Yeah. So when you when you start role playing with somebody, like you want to kind of the degree of difficulty, I think should be ramped up harder than a normal sales call, and then from there. Like, you want to make sure that you role-play the entire process and then the objection handling as well. Yeah. But really, you can work on certain parts of it and just kind of go over and over and over again. So, mm-hmm. like, really smash out the first part of the call. Have the person, you know, give you different bits of feedback and be a different type of prospect for different, you know, s- stages and try and wargame that. And mm-hmm. I think, like, then you get into the objection handling. You know, you want to go through four or five different objection handling cycles to be able to make sure that, like, you can, you can just... You can keep pushing hard enough to where you get the sale, but like, it's just you. You want to. You just want to like be two or three levels above where you are. Yeah, I like um, when people are specifically trying to work on objection handling. They're more experienced. Get them to start objection handling it, and then say stop, start again. You're not allowed to use the same words you did. Yeah. Not like can't use any of the same words. It's just like, uh, and why do you think that's important now? It's like you can't say that as a phrase. Yeah. Well, that's go, start again, start again, start again. So I don't know if it was Will that developed it. Yeah, maybe. That, that game, we used to play it a lot, and we still do play it um, oh, yeah, when yeah. we have like our team meetings, which is where you have to ask a question, which is like, okay, has that had an impact on you? And you go back and forth. In different ways. In different ways, but you can't say it again. <laughs> so like, has that had an impact on you? Yeah. Is that affecting you in any way? Yeah, and then like, I, I, you know, I would say one, he would say one, but we can't say the same thing more than once. <laughs> and so, yeah, like it's a very, it's a conversational flexibility exercise, yeah, which I'd highly recommend you try. It's very difficult, especially when you first start. It gets a little bit easier as you get better at it. But it, it sort of keeps your mind thinking because sometimes you have to ask a prospect the same thing four or five times. Because I don't get it. You can't ask it the same yeah. way. So you have to ask it in different ways so that they kind of have that moment like, oh, okay, I understand what it is you're saying now. Yeah, because some, sometimes it's you don't articulate correctly. Or other times people just don't listen. Yeah. Or comprehend what you're trying to ask. So it really helps. Yeah, exactly. So those are some of the keys to role plays. You know, some of the places that we recommend doing role plays, first of all, like, I wouldn't recommend you role-playing with, like, if you're a new sales guy and it's just, like, the don't two of you and you're brand new. Don't, like, don't the two of you just go and start role-playing with each other because, like, it's not going to be super productive. You want to, same as in the gym, you want to role-play with someone better than you, mm. right? So they can actually give you some sort of feedback that makes sense. Whether it's a coach or not is one thing, but someone who actually has some experience. So one of the best ways that you can do that is you can go to someone on your team who's successful yeah. and offer to do, like, their 
you know, back cleanup for them, right? So be like, hey, if you can do some coaching with me or if you can do some, yeah, I'll do follow-ups for you if you can spend, you know, two hours a week doing role plays with me and give me some feedback. That's one way. The closing code is another way. I'm not going to lie. It's super f***ing cheap. Yes. It's $50 Aussie per week. Like, you're not going to find cheaper than that anywhere. I priced it at that for a reason. It's an absolute no-brainer. And you'll get access to a role play literally every day. Like, yeah. so it's six days a week. There's probably three or four days a week that work in your time zone, depending on where you are. So, like, if you want to role play with a coach and other people who are trying to get better for an hour at a time for 50 bucks a week, let's say you come three times a week, plus you get the portal, you're paying, like, $17 a role play session. Yeah, we have a lot of guys that don't actually role play. They just come on to listen to other people do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's – I uh, – one of the, the biggest things is – like as a warning for when you do role plays if you're just finding people because we get heaps of people post up in our groups like anyone want a role play partner here or there just be careful who you're getting feedback off because if they're giving you bad feedback like you're going to teach that to you and learn bad habits yeah like um yeah that meeting with that that youtube superstar the other day and you went and you're just like why would i implement any of this none of it makes any sense yeah same thing with sales if someone says oh you need to set an agenda like that's bad advice yeah, you exactly. Know. And you, so you want to work off a philosophy. So once you figure out the philosophy, let's say Dan Locke's consultative selling is your philosophy, or let's say you're using a more traffic and funnels, whatever, yeah. even though we, we train half of them. Let's say you're using uh, the straight line persuasion model, right? Like you want to find someone who's adapted and implemented that effectively so In that you area. can roll play. Because if you come to me with like, Say you're selling like pure straight line persuasion style. Like I'll understand what you're doing, but I disagree with the methodology somewhat, yeah. right? So I'll give you feedback that will change the methodology because I would I would give you feedback along my methodology, right? So now it needs to say that like I think it's I've that done all of them, so I think my way is the best way. But obviously it's my way, so who doesn't think that their way is the best way? Uh-huh. If I was talking to Jordan Belfort, I'm sure he would say his way is the best way, mm. right? But you know, a lot of ways, any way done effectively will work, right? But, like, so you want to make sure that you've kind of got that methodology. And, like, for me, it was NEPQ. So I'd done, I'd done a, a fair few sales courses. Most of them were down more of the hard selling line, and that's how I did things. When I learned NEPQ, I was like, oh, this is a much better way of doing things, and that's kind of where I went. So now, like, I have an understanding of those hard selling methodologies, but I know the pitfalls. So I can give feedback to someone wants to use that style and how mm-hmm. to make it better, but you, normally I'm going to go, hey, listen, this is a better methodology. Just learn this way of doing things. So find someone who has a similar selling style to what you want to have at the end of the day and who you think is successful and then pay them or do something for them for them to be able to teach you because like salespeople, their best time is spent selling. Mm-hmm. Like it, yeah. it took a long time for Sales Sniper to make enough money to where it be- it made sense for me to, to go take out our best sales guys. Yeah. Off sales. Yeah, because right? me and Marco don't sell. Yeah. And we're the best sales guys in Sales Sniper. So it's like for us to not sell, we still sell. We just sell different stuff. Mm-hmm. But we're not like on the phones like traditionally selling. We're selling more B2B or we're doing our own services and stuff like that, right? So, yeah. And we coach our guys and then we coach people. So um, it, it took a long time to get that. But generally speaking, those salespeople who you're going to be learning off, like they're successful salespeople, so they make money. So therefore, you're going to have to figure out an exchange of value to be able to get enough time in their diary to make it make sense for them to actually teach you. Mm-hmm. Because essentially, like if they teach you and you're on the same like sales team, they're just training their own competition. Yeah. Right. So that's kind of it's kind of the way it's broken down. So come up with a unique value proposition, or pay someone like us, or go to seventh level and go. I actually want to invest in myself for sales training. I think there's some crazy f- stat where it was like the average sales guy in the U.S. only invests like 
$77 a year into there. No wonder they're not making any money. What's the, uh, I remember you said this the other day, what the average wage was for... Oh, in Australia? It's, um, well, it's different, right? In the States, it's around 40-odd thousand a year. It's low. No wonder they're only spending I made, like, double that last month. Mm. Yeah, it's crazy. More, actually. (laughs) But anyway, but I also spent a lot more money. So if you took that $77 a year and multiplied it, like, I was probably spent, I don't know, over, like, a... 15-year sales career, I must have spent three or 400000 at least on you coaching. You at least $77 a week on coffee. Yeah, yeah well, because I'm closing, bro. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is also an investment on closing. It coffee. is. You it know, is. It's for closers, apparently. Yeah. Did you know that... Like and subscribe, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Cologne as well. Yeah, Sales Panther. Sales Panther. 60% of the time, you close every time using hashtag Sales Panther. Comment hashtag Sales Panther if you're still listening. Mm. And if... You're a cultured man who likes to smell good. Maybe we have something interesting coming. Maybe we have a shop. Maybe we don't. On the way. <laughs> I'll see. <laughs> but those are our top tips for follow-up. I don't really feel like we need to go any further into that. No. Um, top tips for follow-up. Those are our Just top tips. get role-playing, right? Get role-playing, guys. Get out there. Challenge yourself on the role-plays. Make sure that you're role-playing with people who actually know what they're talking about. Uh, create a value proposition for someone or join something like the Closing yeah. Code or one of the NEPQ programs. And make sure that you put yourself in a position to where you're actually, like, when you get onto a sales call, you feel comfortable enough to where you can handle most situations that you're dealing. Yeah. And if you need to buy a sexy police outfit to do it, then just do it. Get it done. The role playing will make you better. Exactly. All right, guys. Thanks. Make sure you like, subscribe, to the notification, but all the kind of good stuff, and we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. <laughs>